I V M. Advertising is dead. It's all business now. And in many ways, when you talk about the now, the D to C word keeps coming up. You no, know, D to C as an industry has ballooned and grown over the last many years, and it's happened because of founders using what the digital ecosystem allows to truly get multiple products and, in many ways, multiple ecosystems out there for the consumer. One such founder is Arjun Vaidya, who built his brand Dr. Vaidya's to scale was acquired and is now working to kind of enhance the D2C ecosystem both as an investor, as someone who teaches stuff around it and so much more. So I thought it'd be good to kind of get Arjun into the studio and talk to him about how the D2C space has evolved, what he's learned from his own entrepreneurial and investor journeys and so much more. I'm Arun Dugirala and we'll be right back with our episode with Arjun Vaidya. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We're talking to Arjun. Arjun, we're finally doing this. You and I have spoken finally. about doing this for finally, yeah, for a long time. No, I'm excited. Excited y- for the conversation. Yeah, because I think a lot of the stuff, like insights I've gotten from you in our offline conversations, I have thought value for listeners to kind of get in from you while we record this. I want to first start off by asking you, saying, was D2C as a category something you gravitated towards naturally? Or was it because by virtue of what you were building? I think... That's what I want to kind of start with. No, yeah, I think uh, all of the things in a startup happen because something goes wrong, right? Mm. And for us, uh, so I think we started Dr. Vedya's in October 2000. No, I started Dr. Vedya's mm. actually. Trisha mm. joined on later. The thesis behind the brand was my family legacy and taking it forward and making it appeal to you, right? Making mm. it appeal to new age consumers. Yeah. So pretty much quit my job. October 2016, did a big launch event at Taj Lands and mm. Hotel. Mm. Uh, was launching two products, a hangover product yeah. called Live It Up and a Chavantrash in capsule form mm. called Herbofit. Yeah. And had a nice launch event, 300 people came, six distributors signed up and mm. we did 10 lakhs of billing, I remember, in Jan 2017. So now I was a finance guy in private yeah. equity, so I'm yeah. modeling that Excel sheet, right? Yeah. 10 lakhs, 20 lakhs, 50 lakhs, one crore, five crores. And then it became like million dollars a month business in 15 months according to that Excel sheet. Yeah. Now what I didn't realize at that time was that when you do this billing to distributors, it's primary sale. Hmm. The distributors have to build to retailers who have to build to end consumers. Only once the end consumers pay you hmm. uh, or buy the product, do you get paid. Right? Uh-huh. And considering it was Ayurveda, we were a small brand. I was 24 and a half years old. I didn't know what offline marketing was, building a brand distribution. Hmm. And we had limited money against really stiff, large competition. Hmm. Nobody bought our product. right? Uh-huh. And so eventually we got 90% of this product back in uh-huh. March, April 2017. And then the reality was that I didn't have an answer to solving this problem. And so the good thing I did was I sat back and said, hey, where have I gone wrong? These are the problems. I'm too young. I don't know offline distribution. I don't have money. And the competition is too stiff. Mm. Nobody knows my brand. Mm. In the short or medium term, I can't solve for these problems with my current resource structure. So I shut down offline. Mm. And then my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she was in the founding team at Nike. And she said, you've seen e-commerce, e-commerce at that time, what we called it, evolve in your journey as investors. She was in the early team at Nike. She said, Mm. I saw it at Nike. Nobody's doing Ayurveda online. So why don't you do Ayurveda online? Mm. And I convinced her to join the business. And that's how we actually launched D2C. At that time, the term didn't exist. But that's actually why we gravitated to online, right? Because today, D2C, online brands, unicorns, 100 crore ARR, it's all like just spoken about like that. But 2016, 17 was the first wave of brands, right? Mamad, Boat, Wow, Dr. Vedya, Zem Caffeine. The early set of brands. And so actually, when we started at that time, it was like, 
seemed like a pretty wild thing to do, right? Even the VCs today who know about D2C at that time were saying e-commerce mm. only, yeah. website first brand, <laughs> no chance, right? And yeah. We didn't say D2C that time. We said online only or digital first. Uh-huh. So the term D2C was some term that we used to read in like VC reports from the West. Yeah. So that's the journey to actually starting D2C. Now it seems like it's like part of life for all of us, my life, etc. Yeah. But convincing a customer to buy on your website in 2017 was like the hardest thing ever, right? Hardest. And I think that's the most interesting part, right? If you think about it, distribution was that core, that's the whole supply chain distribution piece of like really how will my consumer find me was one of the core things that this entire wave kind of solved for. But I find it interesting when you say that that was the toughest part as well to make them actually come and purchase on your site. So look at the early years. What were things that you assumed um, that this is how consumers will kind of buy online versus what was the rea- what was the reality that you discovered and kind of had to kind of evolve? Yeah, so look, I think uh, if you think about 2017, right, and you think about your behavior as well, mm-hmm. you did not go to some, you got ads on your Insta feed, but yeah. and, and I don't even think we used so much of Insta back then, yeah, right? yeah, very yeah, little. Yeah. So you got ads on your Facebook feed, mostly. Facebook, yeah. And then you clicked on it, but you didn't really buy from those brands, yeah. right? And so uh, that behavior of assuming the customer will buy, hmm. that we knew it was an uphill challenge. Hmm. We knew it was tough. And so we knew we had a big job to do to build trust and credibility amongst these customers, hmm. right? So we called the brand Dr. Vedyas. Vedyas hmm. means Ayurvedic doctor. Lucky to get that trademark. Yeah. 150 years of legacy or something you talked about a lot. The customer service people used to pick up the phone and say, calling from Dr. Vedyas, 150 years of legacy, naam to suna hoga. Ah. So like assuming that you've heard about this yeah, yeah. and everybody had heard the word Vedya. Yeah. So they thought that this is that same Vedya calling them and everybody assumed that it's the same one. The other thing I assumed was that e-commerce purchasing and Dr. Vedas would be an urban Hmm. tier one brand, Hmm. right? So that assumption was totally incorrect because what was the problem we were solving? We were giving high quality Ayurvedic products and care with a free consultation Hmm. at the touch of consumers' fingertips. Hmm. In Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, Hyderabad, Chennai, Calcutta, you may actually have an Ayurvedic doctor available to you in a two kilometer radius, three kilometer radius, etc. So it's not such a meaningfully sort of novel problem we're solving for you, right? And, And online buying wasn't so common. So where did the first set of customers come? And we got to know that from customer calls because we used to pretty much pick up all the customer calls. Right? Yeah, customer yeah. service phone was an Android phone that would be with me on yeah, weekends yeah. and stuff. 82% of the customers came from outside the top 10 cities. Now, the insight there was, hey, actually here, they probably have to travel 15 kilometers so don't even have an Ayurvedic doctor anywhere near them, right? And so those were the customers we were catering to and that made the brand ethos, imagery, language of advertising all switch. Hmm. So Dr. Vedya's moved from an urban elite, hangover, Chavan, Russian capsule brand to Dr. Vedya's new age Ayurveda for the Bharat consumer all ads in Hindi and English almost no ads in English right so I think behavior wise you'd think e-commerce brand at that time would be an urban brand the reality was actually it was a Bharat focused brand so that was a big assumption and that made us as founders also evolve right because you're then saying hey by the way I'm not building for myself yeah and as a D2C founder, you always say, I like this product, I don't like this product, I like the way this yeah. this is, I consumed it. But you have to disconnect yourself from your own personal experiences mm. and actually put yourself in the customer's shoes. And I think that's the best. One thing we did right was we didn't assume things about the customer yeah. and we actually said, let the customer decide. You know, it's interesting you say that, right? Removing yourself from, because that's so easy to do. It's easy to say. Easy to say and I also say, okay, I like this product, so let's do it this way or like, you know, I consume this kind of a piece and you might not realize that you might be like a super niche category yeah, yeah. across all of it. Um, so I'll give you one example yeah. of this, Varun. When TikTok sort of started trending in India, yeah. for me, the thesis was very clear that 
that's for my customers right so i need to be on tiktok and so i reached out to the tiktok team and like i had heard from my some agencies that tiktok is coming to india they said we'll connect you it'll take some time this that whatever so i just wrote to everybody on linkedin hmm. in tiktok in india yeah. and they replied and they were like happy to have you on stuff we started spending 5000 rupees a day on tiktok hmm. eventually we were top 10 spenders in india spending like 5 lakhs a day on tiktok yeah. i remember walking by my performance marketing team in the office and i saw an ad hmm. with really jarring music hmm. and really tacky imagery hmm. right and i was like guys like this is not me hmm. and like as much as we're catering to this customer like i cannot have this go out of my brand and they were like okay the ad is running at 7x roi you decide you want us to take it down we'll take it down and i was like no no keep running the ad right that's the reality yeah. like the data is telling you this is working yeah. it may not be something that you relate to but that's fine yeah. it's totally okay yeah. and I feel that also kind of gave the entryway to so many people to kind of build D2C products, right? If you look at the market today, there's so many. I mean, like, I can't, I think most small and medium sized businesses have also become semi D2C, if not fully D2C. So there was sense. an amazing LinkedIn post that I saw Shantanu, yeah. founder of Bombay Shaving Company post. Yeah. He said, uh, I think there are more D2C brands than customers. Sabko batting chahiye. Which is true, right? There's so many of them right now. And if you look at the scenario right now where obviously one of the core things that drove the market was performance marketing which right now has gone through this entire shift of not being as accurate not giving the kind of results a because there are too many people trying to get those keywords to market but on the other end also just like how that's changed right because of the data uh, regulations and all that stuff so if you are a d2c brand today how do you grow how do you kind of evolve so the, i know you kept i know you get asked that question a lot in the world has changed right yeah. reality is world has changed so what's changed in the world 2017 18 as founders our job was to convince varun to buy mm-hmm. if varun bought he'd buy from me because there was nobody else right Correct. so the ecosystem of customers was smaller yeah. with that the ecosystem of brands was smaller so if you did well you'd win that market right mm. and that's how we did it and so dr vedyas got by for mm. the first two or three years with performance marketing i think the time we started thinking of brand was 2019 after we raised money yeah today that's absolutely unacceptable so i think the two big changes that you have today one is post covid mm. the addressable number of customers has increased 2x 3x 5x 10x in some categories mm. right but with that the number of brands have also increased 5x 10x 20x if not more if not more and so you have to be able to chart your way and find your differentiation mm. to get the customer to buy you the customer is buying online that's yeah. my dad is buying online he's yeah. going on his instagram feed clicking on a link buying calling the customer care of those brands and ask them why is the delivery taking so long mm. that behavior didn't exist pre covid yeah. so that's a big change but now my dad has 6 kilo of pastas to order mm. so who is he going to choose right and, th- yeah. and that's the problem you have to solve which is why actually given the name of your podcast advertising is dead my view is in d2c performance marketing as the sole channel will be dead mm. right and so yeah. the way we scaled yeah. from let's say 0 to 1000 orders a day was on the back of performance marketing yeah that will not happen today if you do that given the cost of ads and the ros you're working at your ros will be so low it become unsustainable mm. which is why this black box called brand content and community yeah. has now become really important the problem is founders are like what should i spend how much should i spend exactly right brand ambassador on day one how many influencers video content reels yes no maybe what do you think community is the community on whatsapp or discord on my website are emailers good or bad what yeah. is retention right this black box mm. is what will determine an average brand from a good brand or a bad brand from a good brand yeah. the guy who solves for this and the second thing is 
it took me one year to learn D2C, right? Mm. So Shopify, WooCommerce, Facebook ads, Google ads, retention, warehousing, logistics, all mm. of these things, right? Mm. COD, RTOs, how yeah. do I reduce it? It took me one year. Mm. You have two months at max to solve for this because everybody else or at least 10 brands in your space know all of this yeah. already. And so you can't say, hey, I'm new to this space. Explain to me what is SEO. That's yeah. not okay. Yeah. It's non-negotiable to have your basics in place, right? And so performance marketing is not your answer and competition is significant. And so even though the market is really big mm. and if you win, you can run away with a really large pie, much larger than I could have run away with yeah. when I yeah. started. Yeah. There will also be many more casualties and brands that don't succeed yeah. anymore. And I, I think the whole, the brand itself is such an important part now, right? Because it's, so important to differentiate yourself now more than ever and I think the word community is also very, very like misused right that's why it's a black box right everything, everything is, is called community. community right I mean I have a it can be a Facebook group it can be a WhatsApp couple of WhatsApp groups there I mean at some point I'm like what is community is it just your Instagram account but more than anything else because now we've also moved from a founder lens to an investor lens. Hmm. What do you see, apart from this black box understanding, what do you look for in people who are building companies in this space today and, and beyond? What do you see that, if you're a founder, what are the core things you need to know apart from obviously what you just said, saying you need to know how this works in a shorter span of time? So I would say if I take off the founder lens and put on the investor lens now, yeah. right? What are the sort of three things I'd look at, three buckets and then I'll deep dive. Founder, hmm. early stage, you're betting on a person, right? Yeah. So who is that person? Why are they driven? Will they fight in the toughest times with grit and resilience or walk away? And then are they the right people for that problem, right? So yeah. Arjun Vedya may be a smart guy who looks like a good profile, but he's not the right person to solve problems in space yeah. or not the right person to make drones, right? Yeah. Totally not the right yeah. person. Yeah. But I may have been the right person or the most credible person to solve a problem in Ayurveda given my family, legacy, history, my background, etc. It yeah. seemed like the right person. Yeah. So 50% for me is founder. 20% is addressable market. And that comes back to what we were talking about earlier which is don't just invest for yourself, right? I'm sugar-free and gluten-free, you know that. Yeah. Don't necessarily go and invest in sugar-free, gluten-free brands because the addressable market of that is 100,000 people like me in India maybe, yeah. right? So large enough addressable market for that company to be able to capture a large share and grow big. Hmm. And then the last one is business metrics, right? That's yeah. the standard one. So the standard ones would be revenue, growth of revenue, gross margin. But the not so standard ones here would be engagement hmm. of like we talk about community, engagement of community. So I have 290k followers on Instagram, but mm. my reels get 5,000 views. Mm. Obviously, that's not an engaged community. Yeah. Maybe bought or maybe totally not engaged, forgot about you, etc. Mm. And then repeats, right? Mm. So if you think about D2C unit economics, mm. you'll have MRP or sort of MRP minus discount is the price the customer pays for the product. Correct. On that, you'll have a gross margin. Yeah. So your cost of goods will be minus, you'll get a gross margin. Yeah. Below that, you have largely three costs. Logistics, packaging, that mm. means outer packaging for your courier bags, your boxes, etc. All of that. Those are not levers you can pull. And then yeah. there's, a, there's a customer acquisition cost. That's a marketing cost, right? That's the lever. Yeah. And pretty much that's what determines success, failure of businesses, etc. All of that. Now, on the first order, mm. your customer acquisition cost may be high, mm. right? But I always give the example of Lenskart. Mm. So, I bought my wife's lenses on Lenskart 23 or 24 months ago mm. now, right? Since then, my account, I have spent about 85,000 rupees on Lenskart. Hmm. 
whether Lenskart spent 500, 5,000 or 10,000 rupees to acquire me, they end the money. Yeah. And so, real secret source of D2C for me mm. is retention because you have names, addresses, email addresses, mobile numbers and products bought. Yeah. If you think about the offline channel, it takes a long time for you to get this data because there's lots of layers and in so between. like accuracy becomes really suspect. Because it's multiple layers in between, right? Yeah. And so, leveraging this correctly to get a repeat-friendly business, what's the great part about repeats? Actually, that entire CAC hmm. is either completely removed yeah. or one-fifth, one-tenth, right? Yeah. The sort of email cost or the push notification cost or a call cost, right? That will determine the success or failure of D2C businesses. Yeah. So, I would say business economics, cross margin, EBITDA, all of those standard ones. Yeah. For me, the key would be engagement of community brand love hmm. and LTV or repeat rate for yeah. the business. That would determine the yeah. success. And especially in the funding winter yeah. or the yeah. Yeah. phase of market that we are yeah. in, right? No, you mentioned CAC, right, which is a customer acquisition cost uh, for those who, who don't know. Um, that's one of the core things I've actually been hearing in the market. I think you and I have had discussions on that as well. Is that fact that because people relied so much on performance, at some point that became so high and you didn't really know if there'd be repeat customers. You get that first customer saying, eventually I'll make that out of them. And the only way to retain them, like you said, is going to be that community aspect, going to be that, uh, like, do I really love the product? I mean, it comes down to the product at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's the... So I'll tell you what a product mm. is a non-negotiable step, right? So someone mm. tells me you're talking about all these things, but what about product? Yeah. I'm saying I don't even bring up product because if your product is actually yeah, not so good or, or bad... The customer is never going to come back. Yeah. And so the conversation about all of the rest of the things becomes irrelevant, yeah. right? So yeah. so on my podcast, Rohan Mirchandani from Epicamera said an amazing thing. He said, the moment of truth is not when you sample the product, it's when the customer takes out rupees from their vault and pays for your product. Mm. But then he corrected himself. He said, Arjun, you're a good salesman, you'll mm. sell it once. Mm. The moment of truth is when the customer takes out rupees from their vault and buys it a second time. Yeah. Right? And so having a good product is just like, like the starting point, right? If it's not a good product, you're you're in trouble. But I would say what I have been seeing now, since mm. I am now in my life a hundred percent online consumer. Yeah. Like doing up our new house, mm. went to IKEA. I remember my first trip to IKEA was twenty twelve, doing mm. up my college apartment mm. in uh the US. We went to an IKEA and it was like life changing experience for mm. me. I was like, what a store, what an experience. Yeah. Bought so much stuff. I went to IKEA two weekends ago and I was like checking my phone, yeah. checking stuff prices on the phone. So I I, I don't buy things offline. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Right? That, that may be just me. But now, if you think about it, where does the online brand have that moment of truth then? It's the product arriving, hmm. the time it took to arrive, the experience for which it was arriving, and then eventually the unboxing experience. Yeah. That is your retail store experience, right? The unboxing. So I bought a pair of chappals from this brand called Chops. Hmm. It's like a Haviana yeah. type rubber chappal, great colors. And, and I said, rather than replacing my Havianas with Havianas, let me buy yeah. an Indian brand. Yeah. And it came in a beautiful, it was, I spent 600 rupees on chappals. Yeah. 500 rupees on chappals. Beautiful tin box. Yeah. Oh, nice. Open the tin box. It's a beautiful story experience. I told 20 people about chops. Yeah. And I'm saying it on this podcast, right? So they yeah. get free marketing, which they should pay <laughs> me for. But that unboxing experience, that yeah. basically, like as a marketer, that dopamine secretion in your brain when you are consuming the brand. Yeah. That's the moment of truth today. Like we've had um, Shashank from Whole Truth on the podcast before, right? Every time I order from Whole Truth. You feel the, good. What you get is something like you know. There's going to be something there. There'll be a small You're note. You're looking for it. In You're it looking there. for it. Um, they'll they'll send you a note saying you know you've done this many purchases. We send you something else just like that. So that customer delight piece. My wife got just one bar of whole truth randomly with a note saying thanks for being a loyal customer. Same here. Yeah, I got that one as well. Yeah, just yeah. one bar. Yeah, but that's but think about it. If you do that with just your first set of customers, I even think back on a brand like Epigamia. I remember they launched their um, coconut yogurt. 
very early on in the pandemic and i was and that i think the pandemic that period 2020 late 2020 was when you were just buying whatever you could get and yeah. i'm like what is this let's buy it the first batch wasn't great i remember dming them saying guys it wasn't that great and um, they said okay we're going to send you the second batch so everybody who bought whoever sent that message got a second batch and then i still use that product because i'm like the fact that you actually took that feedback well and sent me a yogurt but how cool is that right yeah. in the offline channel think about insta dming a brand <laughs> will you get a reply here you insta dm a brand you get a reply yeah. they they get what you're saying that's the power yeah and you thought of insta dming the brand right yeah. that's a whole new world what was our interaction with brands in the 90s nothing yeah nothing a tv ad some brand ambassador coming to your area and you having some sort of visibility there that was the interaction we yeah. had with brands i want to ask you a, a question when you took the decision of moving from founder to investor did you have to rewire something in your head no nothing at all i'll no. tell you why i don't think i'm an investor mm. i'm still a founder in my <laughs> my mind right so like sometimes founders tell me hey you're smiling so much on a call investors don't smile so much i said so what like i'm having a conversation with you i should start <laughs> with a smile right uh, i think it's not not really rewired for me i think it went from being a founder who was running one brand to now trying to be an enabler mm. right mm. helping hundreds if not thousands of brands whether it's my investments my podcast the d2c course i teach all of these things right mm. my idea is now what knowledge i have mm. i had an exit it was early on in my life i have experience that i have to give back yeah. and so actually i've i've not rewired much mm. the only thing i've rewired in my life is that i will not miss my morning workout no. come what <laughs> me as a founder i i i You I missed that many times. Yeah, there's like ten things broken when you wake up in the morning. This time I won't. This mm. I won't miss. Yeah. So I'm going every day for a run or a workout. Now I have a bunch more things to ask you, but I know we need to go for a break. I've already been getting eyes from the side from my producer, so uh, we're going to take that break and be right back with advertising instead. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We're still talking to Arjun. I have to ask you a question because I feel it's an important one for most people to kind of learn. Which is we've spoken about the product, we're talking about putting it there, but also there's the building of the team when you had to kind of change around from the offline focus initially, largely uh, to fully online, and then kind of also had that team had to have that team evolve. How was that process? I mean, how was how? Because I think that's that's also also yeah. the I think the most core part of being an entrepreneur is to kind of build yeah. that team. Biggest mistake we made is under index on team mm. as founders, right? So look, young founders with very limited experience, not really got so much exposure to the working world or seen many businesses or brand scale, right? Pretty much for me, Doctor Vedas was my first time working on a business, right? Mm. Because prior to that, I was an investor, yeah, working in private equity. Those teams are like four five people, so really, mm. what what do you do? And your exposure to the companies you invest in is like very superficial, right? Yeah. So. we thought we could do everything on our own and and so we didn't sort of build a team also bootstrap always scared of sort of burning money and and so we used to do everything on our own work 14 16 hours but reality is compounding 16 into 2 is still 32 and by the way you can't be more efficient after 12 hours of work right that's mm. over yeah. your day so 12 into 2 is 24 8 into 10 is 80 <laughs> right that's simple simple math right and so i think the biggest mistake we made was under index on team the only time we had the comfort to invest in team was when we raised money hmm. but i had done it all over again when i do it eventually or trisha does it again i think this is something we'll change yeah because you're good at certain things like bringing trisha into the business was hmm. the best decision we made because complementary skill sets yeah i'm not good at day to day op i'm yeah. not good at day to day finance i'm a big picture guy yeah 
that's fine but you can't have only a big picture guy the details will totally be missed yeah. right and they were yeah. being missed yeah and i saw that i was a 5 on 10 at everything i did mm. because i was missing all the details right and so i think team is one question which all founders are solving for right now like if i if i tell you what every founder asks me every time it's like can you find me good people and so <laughs> like i find good series and i'm like just like mass broadcasting it to 20 founders every day yeah. but i would say it's something which is a tough solve mm. but if you get it right you can build a rocket ship yeah and my learning on team was don't plug holes hmm. if there is a gap in your team don't just say chal jayega because hmm. it's bad for you and bad for that person yeah. and i didn't realize the importance of culture hmm. early on right what does that mean it's not those like have those team dinner and drinks every week take those instagram posting love my workplace that's yeah. not culture um, what do you call those those things on the wall or bean bags in the office bean bags yeah. in the office that's not culture right yeah. so doctors is the opposite of that yeah. it was hard work ambition hustle simplicity of office no frills hmm. that was the culture hmm. so someone who wanted the bean bags not a right fit for our company right yeah. but figuring out how that person would fit into the environment the values that right? was hmm. hard work honesty humility 100% team effort customer centricity yeah like you have to see that in that person because else it's not like they are doing something wrong if they don't fit in yeah that's the culture you've built that's the org you've built and so maybe everyone doesn't fit in that's okay cultural fits for mm. us from a hiring perspective were much much better in the long term than just skill fits mm. skills you can figure out you can learn along the way but yeah. cultural fits were critical yeah. how is it um and i and i say this cuz cuz i've spent a lot i i work with my partner as well which is which is pooja how does that work for for, for both you mentioned complementary skill sets but that's also a decision most people turn around and say but do you, are you sure which i was asked i remember when pooja kind of came on to glitch in the early days how do you both make it work so look i think uh, when we started actually there wasn't so much precedent of so many startup husband wife duos now yeah. you have yeah lots tens if not hundreds of successful startups with that right but they both are parents also work together yeah but when we said we wanted to work together both <laughs> sets of family said it's a disaster waiting to happen <laughs> you all are really young you're planning a wedding you yeah. just got engaged you're planning a wedding and building a startup it's like destined for failure but we said look we'll make it work it's our decision you can't take that yeah. decision for yeah. us um and and fine like our priority is not having a big fat indian wedding it's building this company yeah. so that that's life uh, there is no work life balance hmm. at least we could not find that work life balance yeah. you're at home at 1am watching a show on netflix and you come up with an idea you stop pause and yeah. you discuss that idea yeah. right so if you believe there's work life balance then i'm <laughs> going to burst that bubble and say that it's tough yeah that's not easy there were times when trisha told me am i your wife or your colleague <laughs> but the journey of building something together if both people are aligned with the size the scale the passion etc that's like the most beautiful journey right like i remember like so we just moved into our new home mm. and like we're doing a puja and then we're doing the first step into our new home mm. and that point both of us stopped smiled and it was like unsaid but said right that yeah. hey all those like all nighters yeah. those times when you were working at 5 am on the tech in the back end those 20 flights to delhi to close that customer all of that was worth it for this moment right and mm. that is something really special yeah and i think that's an important point to think of right especially in this case and um i feel often times what people worry about is is it going to overlap onto home and actually affect the relationship 
or this work life balance piece as well like so for me pooja is a person who's very strict about how to compartmentalize so like on our way back home from work we are not talking work at home right and i'm a person who takes work everywhere with me so it took me some time to get used to but obviously importance level if it is important of both of us you have but i'm that person who will talk about anything which is not even important like you can wait like one week i'll talk about it tonight so i'm still that person so um that's what she put some control into and, and I think the complementary skills part is super important. I'm very unstructured, she's super structured. Um I'm more on it's actually quite interesting. I I'm big picture thinking like where things are going and she's like no let's look at what fundamentals are right now. So when you were saying those points I was in my head kind of thinking about <laughs> a lot of similarities in that front. I want to kind of segue into this one part which I also want to talk to you about which is basically um when you kind of came into the market and how it was obviously there's a consumer then and there's a consumer now there are companies then and now when you're looking ahead what are you kind of seeing as trends from the d2c space or i think across the space especially considering we're in supposed winter and of some sorts yeah what is your trends looking ahead i i love this question because uh, i think it's a lot lots of discussions going on yeah. around this right yeah. i'll talk about what i see yeah one aspiration is not in the top 10 cities in india hmm. aspiration is across india right so yeah. don't believe that the customer anantnag muzaffarnagar trichy imphal or andamans doesn't have aspiration and cannot consume hmm. what you consider mass premium or premium products it can be consumed and hmm. there are customers right? i learned that from my experience second you can't fool the customer digital has allowed information to be democratized yeah. and so you don't even try to fool this customer right and the third one i would say is the customer is demanding today Hmm. If the product doesn't reach in time, they will DM you. They'll message you on LinkedIn. If they're not getting the service, they will tell you they're not getting the service. And and the other way as well. If the customer is happy, we have mentioned a brand called Whole Truth on this podcast hmm. because we are happy customers of that yeah, brand. Yeah. I mean, Whole Truth didn't pay us to talk about them exactly. on this podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. So both ways, customers demanding. If you give a beautiful experience, the customer will talk about you. If you get a bad, if you give a bad experience hmm. or a not so good experience, the customer is unforgiving, yeah. right? And I think this all didn't exist at that time. I don't think I would ever think about writing to a brand's Facebook page to solve a query in 2017. Hmm. Today I DM the brands all the time. I had a bad experience at a restaurant. I googled the founder's name. And I DM'd her on Instagram, and I said, "This is the bad experience I've had. Yeah. I had a guest from Singapore. It's a terrible experience. What are you doing?" Yeah. I mean, I was embarrassed, and I had to take the person to a different restaurant, and she replied. Yeah. That's very different from how from how, how how life was. Yeah. And if you are someone who's in the market working, and I think that's it's also kind of this the situation the market finds itself in. Also, has made people think about okay, where do I want to work? Because before everybody was kind of going for a, any startup they go for, and there was also like exorbitant salaries being thrown around and all that stuff. Today, people also think okay, what are the skill sets I need to kind of have to make sure that I. survive all the ups and downs of of the market as it kind of evolves so what do you what do you think people should kind of upskill themselves what what should they look at in terms of what skills says do they need to be able to work in this environment as it as these trends kind of take up there's lots of information and upskilling information available online hmm. today which wasn't there when i was building yeah upskill yourself yeah use your weekends well i met a founder who is about 45 years old hmm. building a never worked in d2c before and then just came into the space and he said I saw an opportunity on amazon hmm. for my products and so for two months i actually just like went through every video on youtube about amazon hmm. now i have in one category the number one product on amazon and i just learned it myself right and that's amazing yeah so in the competitive market we are in having the right level of technical knowledge is important but it's democratized available to you right you hmm. do a course you go on youtube you find videos you find content you learn yourself yeah i think that's number one number two i think there's lots of impatience now Hmm. You want to get from A to B yesterday. 
right? But and, and I was like that. My grandma used to keep saying, five years is what it takes to build a brand. Five years. And then she told me at the end, five years may you sold the brand. I told you five years is what it takes to, to make a brand, right? Yeah. So I think brand building takes time, effort and energy mm. and you can't hack it. Lots of people come to me and say, what's the hack to get to thousand orders a day? I just tell me there's a hack. Yeah. There was a hack I would, I mean, yeah. would you be coming to me? I'd be yeah. some genie who'd be <laughs> like paid millions of dollars yeah. to give you this you hack. You own right? an island somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there is no hack. Don't look for the hack. Don't be impatient. Spend time and, and be patient. And the last one I would say in this environment is like, it's competitive, mm. right? But India is not the US yeah. or Europe. We're not a developed market yet. Mm. So in this competition, there are still niches, mm. right? Which have been untapped. Or not so deeply tapped. Yeah. Go and operate in those niches rather than doing the exact same thing that 100 people are doing. Right? Because if you're doing that exact same thing, there will be price wars, there will be people who will spend more in a burst for three to six months and then go out of the market, but mm. that will negatively affect your business. So, towards the end of every episode, I ask my guests a bunch of questions. Um, these have evolved over time. Some have pretty much stayed the same. Um, beyond work, uh, you mentioned your morning workouts, but um, beyond work, what do you spend a lot of time doing? What what keeps you interested, excited? What, what is your um, favorite I hate the word pastime. What's your favorite curiosity that you kind of keep jumping into? Look, I'm a crazy sports fan. Cricket for me is sort of number one sport. Mm. Also, I'm a big football fan, but I'm a Man United fan and things have not been going so well. <laughs> so I think last year was not so much football. Yeah. Love cricket. Absolutely love cricket. Spend a lot of time watching. I'm, I'm into fitness. So I run, I work out, all of those kind of things. I'm also, um, I can't read oh. books. Okay. Not, it takes me really long to read books. Mm. So I, but I'm a history buff. Um, and and I study politics in college, so mm. I watch a lot of documentaries. Okay. Um, I think that I enjoy. Yeah. And I I enjoy writing. Um, it. Yeah. So I write a lot on startups, on D two C, on LinkedIn, and people like that content. Yeah. So that's what I do outside of work. Yeah. But I would say that like um, even though the mm. company is not part of my life, still ninety percent of my <laughs> day is work. So. What did you watch recently that you, you enjoyed? So, one cricket documentary. Hmm. Um, it's on Woot called Bando Metha Dam. Hmm. Inspirational story of India winning in Australia. Yeah. Obviously, that was like an iconic yeah. series and yeah. stuff. Really, really enjoyed that one. I watched this uh, Apple TV show called Tehran, which hmm. I just finished. Yeah. Really, really nice show. Really nice, yeah. Um, and then I watched some documentaries on Tibet. I didn't hmm. know so much about Tibet. So, hmm. I watched some documentaries on Tibet. But like, documentaries I'm not going to go on about is boring stuff, right? <laughs> But yeah, no. the best documentary, one of the best uh, things I've watched this year mm. is We Crashed. Yeah. Really cool show. Very mm. well made. Um, and in the show, I hated and loved him multiple times, right? And mm. that's the best kind of that's character. That's the best kind of show, yeah. It's a real character yeah, then, right? Yeah, yeah. What can you put together in an instant? Nothing. No food. <laughs> no food at all. It doesn't have to be food. Can, this is an open-ended question. Can be anything in the world. What can you put together in an instant? A conversation. Fair enough. That's actually... We haven't had that one come up in a while, actually. It's, I think very early on in the show. I'm an easy person to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> that I can attest to entirely. And the last question, which is which has become the most confusing one to kind of do, um, which always used to be, what, why will Dash not die? But I, mean, I want to kind of evolve that and say, what do you think is going to be the most alive part of the D2C business going ahead? Uh, I want to say the way brands communicate with customers. And I'm saying this because there's so much cool stuff happening on personalized videos, on founders talking directly to customers, on going into the customer's house. Um, there are some startups building like abandoned cart WhatsApp videos personalized with your name, right? 
जस्ट इमेजिन इफ इफ यू अबैंड योर कार्ड एंड द ब्रांड एम्बेसडर और द फाउंडर ऑफ दैट ब्रांड सेज हाई वारून आई सो यू आर ऑन आर वेबसाइट आई जस्ट वॉन्ट टेल यू अब द प्रोडक्ट यू आर लुकिंग एट दिस इज द ग्रेट पॉट ऑफ द प्रोडक्ट यूर अ फाइव परसेंट डिस्काउंट कूपन कोड फॉर यू विथ योर नेम इन इट कंप्लीट योर परचेस एज अपोज टू एन एस एम एस पुश नोटिफिकेशन और रैंडम ई मेल थिंक अबाउट दिस राइट दैट आई थिंक इफ वी गेट देर विच वी विल गेट टू I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing. That's for, almost like making someone awkward enough to say, "Oh my God, maybe I should you buy it." You have to buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like this celebrity is talking to me mm-hmm. directly. But, but. Bola hai to karina padega type. But from the time we started, right? Mm. For us to see things like this, yeah. it just makes us feel good, right? That yeah. the ecosystem has come such a long way in five years. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this, Arjun. This has been fabulous, and uh, I, I think in many ways gave so many takeaways for people to kind of take in. And uh, thanks, Tan, for taking the time and coming on Atta Singh. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and I'm, I hope people enjoy this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they will. If you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this, head over to the IBM Podcast website or app, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and look at all the podcasts that IBM makes. There's some really fun stuff there.